Welcome to Goats and Dragons, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast by Helpful Goat Gaming. Please be warned, this podcast contains adult situations and language that may not be suitable for children. In fact, we try our best to be unsuitable for people of all ages. You're welcome. The world of Banya cracks in anticipation of the approaching storm. Its lands strain against unnatural forces, and warnings of what is to come have been carefully placed among its people. Warnings that led us to a few tieflings, goliaths, drow, and halflings. But how can this unlikely family of broken people stop a force that has been generations in the making? What strength is left in the bonds of friendship? Welcome to Goats and Dragons, the podcast where Helpful Goat Gaming plays Dungeons and Dragons. In a moment, I'm going to introduce the players, uh, and we're all going to do uh, pronouns. Uh, and I'll start. Uh, my name is Andrew Gilbert with he, him, his, uh, and I am the DM for this evening. Next, we have Galway playing the tiefling sorcerer, Charity. Hey, everybody. I'm Galway. I use he, him, his pronouns, as does Charity. We have Lena playing the Goliath Barbarian Stormbringer. Hi, I'm she, her, and so is Stormbringer. We have Adam playing the Halfling Rogue Burbage Kemp. Hey everybody, my pronouns are he, him, his, and Burbage's pronouns are also he, him, his. Our guest for a few months, Rachel playing the gnomish artificer Clem. Uh, Hi, I'm Rachel, she, her, hers, and I play Clem, she, her, hers. And Darcy playing the tiefling cleric, Hakari. Hello. Um, my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and Hakari's are she, her, hers. And I wish I was snow mountain baller. Then I'd be taller. Wish when I was with her, I'd yes. feel so much smaller. Wish I had a mimic and a hat that'd be fat. Lorraine, I would call her. <laughs> Beautiful. Very good, uh, very good. Uh, should somebody read Chelsea's poem yes. in the chat? Yes, please, someone. I don't have it open at the moment. I'll read it. Yes. So I don't know if this has ever made it into the 
podcast yet for Fates of Ren, but in case it hasn't, uh, our great fan and member of the Helpful Goat community, Chelsea, um, in the Twitch chat, always posts a, a poem kind of letting us know that we can be seen and heard uh, and that there aren't any massive technical difficulties. And tonight she has written, Hooray, the family finally got to rest. Y'all seriously are the best. Stormbringer, the heart with her inspiring strength and passionate care. Hikari, the flame with her glorious parodies and infinite flair. Burbage, the wit with his heroic spirit and lucky role. Charity, the wisdom with his boundless courage and powerful soul. Clem the Charisma with her delightful quirks and personality galore, each one of these characters we have come to adore. For the last time this year, after all the craziness we've been through, Fates of Rin crew, I'm honored to say I can see and hear you. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. Chelsea, you're the best. Oh, God. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's the end of the year. Um, we're all... Tired and exhausted from holidays Thank and from God relative drama, which I won't even get into how crazy no. <laughs> that is for stuff and people. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's uh, playing a game like this is a way for us to connect as friends and a way for us to kind of recharge our batteries at times. Um, but it, again, uh, please be with us if it takes us a bit to get into it, because we are a little, we are a little tired. Uh, and Rachel's been playing with us for a little bit now, um, and Rachel had some art done of their character, which is delightful. Uh, and and Rachel, would you say a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah. Uh, if Galway puts it up on screen, I'm. Behind. It is showing. Let's see. There we go. So that is the lovely Clem as done by the absolutely amazing artist, Ashley Stoddard. She is a dear friend of mine and she's also just an amazing artist and she's uh, worked on a lot of games and is now working on a TV show because she's amazing. And yeah, so she did that and she's super professional she gave me two completely different versions of the descriptions i'd given to her and she like helped me pick through what i liked best and what i didn't and combined them in the most perfect and magical way and she's amazing and her instagram is a study a-s-t-o-d-d-y and she also has a website which is just ashleystoddard.com and uh, you should really check her out because she is amazing and fantastic and she does great work and she's nice and I love her. Beautiful. Excellent. All right. Uh, then I think we are ready to jump into tonight's episode of Goats and Dragons Fates of Rin. Yeah. So last time on the Fates of Rin... The family set up an ambush for the giants that had taken two members of Stormbringer's past. During the fight, Charity unveiled a new spell, the Family's Flame, and one of the giants, uh, when she fought, would spout nonsense about dreams. It seems like the captors were bait for Stormbringer herself, but the group made short work of them, uh, even in their exhausted and fragile state. When one of the giants then held Dawn Protector over the edge of the sheer cliff, 
Kiki was killed and let her slip over the edge. Hikari and Stormbringer had rushed to the edge, and Clem had caught her with a Featherfall spell. Then Charity, in angel form, leapt over the edge of the cliff and brought her back up to rest safely in front of Stormbringer. The resulting meeting, uh, after months of Stormbringer's exile from the Goliaths, was tense. As Dawn Protector regained her faculties, she let slip something about Stormbringer rejecting Goliath ways. The two carried on in uneasy silence, uh, an, an odd mention of Stormbringer being like a pet uh, that hasn't been eaten. <laughs> which is, um, but you did find eventually uh, a suitable campsite uh, to hide from any of the prying eyes of giants uh, that might be trying to follow you. The family took a much-needed rest, and Dawn Protector and Mountain Splitter kept watch over their rescuers. And now, Hakari, you are woken by Mountain Splitter, mm-hmm. whom you almost barely recognize in the darkness of night without a fire. You awake groggy but rested, but the cold is beginning to take a toll on you. And as you reach for your sword, just instinctually, your fingers kind of have a hard time gripping the hilt. It's okay, there's nothing to fight, Hakari, Mountain Splitter says. But Stormbringer kind of looks weird. Ah. Uh, and you look over to where Stormbringer has fallen asleep. And now there's kind of a white glow almost emanating from frost and ice that is built up around her body as she slept. You see Dawn Protector kneeling beside her, uh, kind of looking a little bit panicked, not exactly knowing what to do. And as you move closer, you can all of a sudden feel the unpleasant cold of the ice around her. And it immediately reminds you of the feeling you got holding Bright Fang. What would you like to do? So the 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 ice. Yes. Is it encasing her like and I said in a snow white kind of deal, but without the sexual assault connotations? Uh <laughs> it's strange really, gonna kiss you back to life. It's not quite encasing her. It's it's just like starting to build up almost like almost as if she's been laying here for a few days. And just kind of the, a little bit of snow and oh, ice started okay. to kind of grow up okay. around. Okay, so it's her. not like this, like in case you know, No. Okay. So like you could like touch. Like, As you get close to sort of touch, you you feel that, that sensation feel. that okay. that oh this is this is a different level of cold. Do I feel like it would like freeze me if I like actually touched her? Uh, yeah. Okay. It, it freeze or at least incredibly hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'd be painful to touch. Um. So everyone, everyone's just sleeping. Everyone else is sleeping at the moment, and Mountain Splitter and Dawn Protector are kind of looking at at you. Yeah, I'm probably hungover a little bit, or at least still a little bit drunk or brain damaged. <laughs> you probably should have let me sleep. <laughs> Was it at least 24 hours before whatever it's supposed Not to be? Not quite since the giants threw the rocket. You know. Um. You have Charity kind of on your left. Yeah, side I was gonna say I'm gonna wake up. Right. I'm gonna wake up Charity. Okay. Uh, and be like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, you shake Charity. Charity, you wake up immediately. 
Um, and that sort of first breath in conscious in the really cold night air is just miserable. <laughs> don't we have a fire going? No, you don't. Yeah. Why? Because you've oh, been be hiding from the giants. Because you've been hiding. That's right. And oh. Dawn Protector and Mountain Splitter didn't like the idea of this fire. Um, and for the tieflings especially, this is just... We should have all slept in a big pile. Terrible. So as you shake me awake, you're scared. Oh, God, I assume someone's attacking us. Yeah. Giants? Uh, no. But just come look at... Oh, my gosh. Stormbringer. Stormbringer. I just I was like, Dawn Protector, no. <laughs> Mountain Splitter, no. Stormbringer. Come, you need to come look at Stormbringer. Um, she's all... I see, and I don't know. Huh. That's, um... Huh. <laughs> um... I'm assuming, like, you got up and came over, or just, like, with, you were right there, right? Yeah, you're not far from me. Okay. Yeah, if I was just to your side, I would sort of roll up, and then I would assume I'm almost gonna sort of crouch by where Stormbringer is, since she's laying down. I'm just like, yeah. huh, that's, um... Well... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna sort of stop and think in terms of in the past she would talk about how she brought storms and I remember suddenly she was actually able to call down lightning and I think there was a a similar sense there was static around her like it felt like electricity had built up in her and then she was able to shield us from fire. I wonder if something similar could have... Is this a Goliath thing? Do you all normally just sort of generate areas of cold, which I have enough of right now, just generally? Dom Dictor shakes her head. No, this is not normal of Goliath. So do you... Is it a general Goliath thing to be able to summon lightning from the clouds? No, not hmm. that either. Okay, so that's not really here or there. So Okay, so I can't really use Goliath as track record. Um, can I perform a med check without touching her? Because you said, like, I assume I would have also gotten the immediate sense of, that will cold burn me. Yeah. But if just, like, do I think she is suffering or under threat is what I'm looking for. Sure, yeah, yeah. Give me a, a med. That, that shouldn't be too hard. Med check. Maybe I should burn hands her. <laughs> what happened? Because it's the first one, I'm going to give myself guidance first. Beautiful. Guidance is a spell that makes you or your friends better at things. Use it early. Use it often. This has been your plug for guidance. Do better. Eleven? Eleven. Uh, you get the sense that that she's resting peacefully. You can see her kind of chest, you know, rising and falling. It she doesn't seem to be in distress, but that's really all you can kind of tell at the moment. Yeah, but at the very least, I know that she's sleeping, not like just unconscious has been knocked out. Right. I She's breathing. I'm like, yeah. I don't think we need to go straight to the setting the whole place on fire. Now, you know me. I'm good with the plan that involves setting the whole place on fire. But in this case, I think we can just keep letting her sleep probably if she begins producing localized blizzards we're going to wake her up there is a distinct possibility that this happens i cannot take more cold maybe we should burning hands ourselves 
it's not a terrible. <laughs> Technically, you guys are resistant to fire. But... Can I like adjust the temperature on it? I mean, I could punch you. You could punch me. Hellish rebuke. <laughs> True. I mean, Clem's asleep, but she has flaming spheres. So uh... <gasps> there you go. I mean, I afraid a fireball. So. Well, I didn't want to kill everybody. I just wanted to have a nice sphere you could put your... The two bystanders are Goliaths. They'll be fine. Um, at this, uh, John Protector is, is taking a kind of a, a large log and just sort of slightly ramming the side of Stormbringer's head with it. <laughs> Wake up. Wake up. And then at this, Stormbringer, you, you do wake up. And Akari Charity... Mountain Splitter and and they all can see that as Stormbringer opens her eyes, you see a brilliant white glow from it. Like just, just her, her her eyes are kind of normally white and cloudy, um, mm-hmm. but this is like brilliant glow for just a moment, and she kind of blinks it shut, and and then the glow stops itself. That's new. And then Stormbringer, you're awakened. You start to kind of crack and peel off some of the frost and ice around you. Why are you prodding me with a log? <laughs> I was sleeping. I'm sorry. You were you were icy, and I didn't. It looked like you were freezing to death or something. We're in the mountains. It's icy here. You live here. You should know that. I, I know, but it doesn't like grow on me. Oh, um, yeah, I guess that is a little weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. It wasn't regular. We also already had a conversation about establishing precedent for these types of things within Goliaths, and it went basically nowhere. Anyway, you feeling okay there? Do I feel okay, Andy? Uh, yeah, you feel great, actually. Yeah, I feel great, actually. A good rest. <laughs> I had a good rest. <laughs> uh, and it is nighttime. No, keep going. Tell her more things that she feels. So she... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, and it is nighttime, and uh, you've succeeded in a long rest, um, all of you. Uh, and <laughs> as you're kind of getting up, Stormbringer, and stretching a bit, and as Charity and Akari are bundling with whatever blankets they can. <laughs> um, Mountain Splitter says, uh, should we travel through the night to get back to the village, or should we rest un- until daybreak? If you had to rate the mountains on a danger scale, with one being not at all dangerous and ten being extremely dangerous, how much higher is the danger at night than during the day? Oh, I like two. Too higher, or you know, I I got confused by the question. Are the mountains more dangerous at night? Um, a little, yeah. Not much. I mean, not for Goliath, really. I'm gonna ask Clem. <laughs> yeah, I say, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, yeah. crouch over Clem, be like, Hey, 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 Clem, I, I need your feedback on something. Just gonna like shake awake and just automatically have a dagger in my hand. Uh, memories. 
hi, yes, yes, dagger, very good. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, nothing to apologize for, you didn't actually stab me. Um, so I have a quick question for you, because there's been a question of what we should do. Leave now, nighttime, sort of indicating the dark outside the cave, or wait till morning. I unfortunately asked Mountain Splitter and Dawn Protector how much more dangerous it would be to travel at night on a scale of 1 to 10. It didn't go well. Mistakes were made. So asking you the same question. It's really hard for them to know which numbers are between 1 and 10, so that's a, that's a rough question to ask of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, realized, I realized my mistake. Metaphors, not, not a strong suit. Uh, what time is it, Andy? Did I miss when you said it? Uh, no, so it's it's uh, you're kind of straining to think, but you got a really good sleep, so it's probably like ten or eleven at night now. Okay, and we, I mean, we traveled through the night last night, right? And all we met was my my bear friend. Um, so I mean, I I feel pretty good. I know that it can be more dangerous, but can also hide easily in the dark. Uh, it's really up to you guys if you want to get you know, uh, Dawn Protector and Mountain Splitter. Mountain Splitter to, uh, back to the camps, or if we like, in a hurry? I don't really know. We were in a hurry there because of that one, and I point towards Stormbringer, but I don't know if we're in a hurry on the way back. In your professional opinion, which is more dangerous, braving the night in these mountains, which are formidable, or potentially giving a metropolis of pissed-off stone giants another eight hours to find us. Yeah, that one sounds bad. That one, <laughs> that one sounds pretty bad, I gotta, I gotta say. So yeah, maybe we should go. That's a, that's, a, that's a good point, huh? Yeah, we should go. Fair enough. You're the guide. Dawn Protector reaches out a hand to help you up, Stormbringer. Oh, um, I'm good. I got this. I'll stand up on my own. Okay. I had weird dreams last night. Charity? Clem? Hikari? Oh, Berber's just still asleep. <laughs> yeah, he's snoring in the corner. <laughs> You're packing up the horse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you think we could just pack him in a to-go bag? Burbage? Ha! 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 What? 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 What is it? What's going on? I had weird dreams last night. Oh, did you have the same dreams as I did? I don't know. What dreams did you have? Oh, I dreamt that a strange lizard was crawling up my leg and stretching out and then scratching my hair and then it became my hair and then it started a toupee business called toupee or not toupee how do you even dream in puns also did you have a dream about hamster lad starting a business did he is he a lizard you think it was hamster lad do you think it could be hamster lad I don't know. What did you dream about, Stormbringer? I dreamt about a bully, but not like he's not like not like a bully. That's confusing. His name is Bully, but he's a bull. But he's not a bully. But he is a bully because that's what names mean. It's what you are. 
but he's not a bully. He's just a bull. <laughs> As it's going on, the rest of you see something terrifying happening right behind Stormbringer. There, all of a sudden, is a, a giant, massive figure uh, with glinting horns behind her. And then it's gone. And then it's back up. And then it's gone again. <laughs> and in fact, every time she says that word bully, it seems to it seems to appear behind her. I'm going to draw my sword <laughs> and just be like, just like slowly, like, like slow motion style. So, so question, does it like flicker into being for an instant when she says bully or is it like it appears when she says bully and then disappears the next time she says bully? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, which of the, which of the two? The second one, yeah. The okay, so it's one. like an on-off switch. I'm gonna yeah. wait till the next time it's gone and sort of hold up in. Uh, Stormbringer, just a, just a second. What? what? Could you do me a favor? I was telling you about my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but just real quick, could you do me a favor? Okay. Say bully. Right. So it was. Are you a, a, Are you confused? He's he's not a bully, but his <laughs> name is stop, Bully. Stop. Yeah. He's a bull they bully. Stop, he's not stop. actually a bully. <laughs> so there's a figure that's appearing behind you, largish, uh, glinting horns. Um, is his name Bully? Is this the aforementioned Bully, who is not a bully, but just is Bully? Oh, I'm so glad you understand that he's not a bully. At least I don't think he's a bully. He might be a bully. But I just met him. He wasn't very nice the first time I met him. He was kind of a bully then. Stormbringer! <laughs> I'm getting kind of sick. Oh. oh, hi, bully! Yeah, and then, oh, hi, bully. He. Oh, there you go. I think every time you say his name, he appears <laughs> or disappears. Basically, if he's here, he goes to not here, and if he's not here, he comes to here. So maybe if you want to have him here and converse with him, say his name once, and then refer to him by a nickname, which is not the same thing as his name. Oh. Um, okay. I can name him. What if you call him Billy? It's pretty close to Bully, and that way you won't forget it so easily. Yeah, that's good. That's like Bully, except it's just one letter different than Bully. You did it again, but yeah, so you could say bully and then say hi, Billy. Um, bully. <laughs> hi, Billy. Billy. Yeah, you got I'm it. I'm gonna call you that now. I dreamt, I, oh, that was a real dream. I feel a bit, oh, one moment, and he turns around and he goes, and just kind of a, a, a bluish gas just erupts from his, his his mouth and covers a nearby tree, and the tree itself starts to then turn into stone. Okay, let's not breathe that on us, thank you. Okay. Sorry, I imagine being summoned in and out of this plane of existence probably uh, generates some acceleration. Whew. Sorry, is your name really Billy? Because that reminds me of an unresolved setup that I made on March 16th, 2019. The name of my childhood sled, which rhymes with Doom Lily, which I'll hasten to point out nobody has even tried to guess since then, was in fact Boom Billy. Boom <laughs> Billy. 
I forget what the conditions were for that contest, but obviously nobody has won. <laughs> At any rate, hello, magical bull creature. Welcome. Uh, it sort of bows a bit to you. Um, and Dawn Protector and Mountain Splitter just look amazed. And Dawn Protector kind of settles up next to you, Stormbringer. You're able to... I mean, that's that's the figurine I had mentioned. No, so he's not a figurine. I don't fully understand still, but he said he's not a figurine, and he's not a statue. Um, okay. At this charity, he's just going to look at uh, Bully Billy. Yep. She just went through every form of like sculptural figural representation, didn't she, when she was trying to ask what you were? He kind of nods at you. Uh, it, it seems like when he speaks, only Stormbringer is able to hear it, but he does seem to be able to understand everyone else. A pleasure to meet you. He's a person, and he said he was in my head, but it was still real. But I think, I guess now he's not in my head because he's here. Are we in my head right now? Not right now, no. Okay, good. Do you need me for something? I was having a dream. No, I was telling them about my dream. What dream were you having? Was there some kind of statue in your dream that you could bring to life if you said a certain name? Or is that is that too much? Uh... No, it was like a lizard was crawling up my arm. <laughs> and it would rest on its head and it would make horns. And... Uh... And so this bull uh, almost looks like kind of as if living plate mail were just shaped into the form of a bull. And every time it moves, you can kind of hear a, a slight soft grinding of, of the plates. Uh, and and if he kind of huffs a bit, a little bit of that blue, almost dust smoke kind of snorts out of his his nostrils. Hmm. You can go back to sleep. It's okay. I was just telling them, and I guess you showed up here, so now I'm gonna call you Billy so you don't show up anymore, except for when I want you to show up, I guess. Feel free to change the name of my summoning whenever you'd like. But if I do that, then you'll show up when I say that name, right? That is true. Yes. So I think we're arriving at a workable system, Bully Billy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I had a weird dream about this guy, but I guess he's real. <laughs> he kind of wanders over a tree and just starts kind of rubbing his plates against it. Do you want to maybe send him back to, to, to Dreamland? Right! I have to do that. Okay, Bully, you can go away. Andy, do the sound again. No. <laughs> it, this is for the podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't. I need to hear the sound for editing. Um, okay. Sure. Here, here is it coming into existence. And here is it going out. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, when I finish a long rest, I can magically touch a flask and magically produce uh, an experimental elixir. Yeah. Uh, and at level six, I can do that twice. So can I roll for that? Please. That sounds great. 
So I just wake up as all this is happening, and I just kind of reach for a flask in one of my bags and just uh, magically fill it with something. Something. Something, something. So that's a six. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. On the on the table, the six is the uh, transformation elixir. So whoever drinks it, the drinker's body is transformed as if by the alter self spell. The drinker determines the transformation caused by the spell, and it lasts for ten minutes. Huh. This is what Stormbrew had been waiting for you to make. Yeah, but I couldn't last time. But I get two now, so let me roll my next one. Okay. And a three is resilience. The drinker gains a plus one bonus to AC for ten minutes. Ooh, nice. And these only last for today. So they'll be gone if we don't use them by today and I'll have new ones tomorrow. Looks cool. Um, Dawn Protector kind of taps you on the shoulder, Stormbringer, and um, points uh, out over the the small little valley onto a, a nearby peak. And you can see several kind of large torches moving around kind of the top of the peak. Uh, she s- says... I think those are our pursuers. Um, leave and return to Gunagaim, or maybe hide a bit more. What do you say? How far are they? Uh, it's like a peak over, so it, it, it's it's those lights would take a couple hours to get to you. Still, I mean, my suggestion would be leave. I know you weren't talking to me, but I'm kind of their <clears throat> guide here, you know. So uh, I paid you with a spear. You did. You did. It's true. So, I mean, I'll take that spear payment and give you my advice that we should go. We could still try and be sneaky as we go, but uh, we should probably, you know, go to to get away from them and maybe get back to the city. Yeah, let's let's go and just try to go kind of quietly so that sound carries sometimes and I don't want them picking up our trail. Uh, let's all do a round of stealth checks then, as we get going. As we start moving, Burbage will be like, "Hey, Stormbringer, I noticed. Do you have, do you have any crossbow bolts that you'd be willing to give to me? Because I'm almost out." Oh yeah, I have like almost a hundred. Do you just need like seventy-five for that good? Oh wow, that is so many crossbow bolts. I will take. You know, I'd be good with 40. Okay, well, I have more than 40, but you can have 40. All right, cool. Thank you. Let's whisper and be stealthy. We're going to roll a stealth check right now. I rolled a two. In your head, you're going to hear, for the love of God, we can talk in our minds. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I mean, didn't do too well. 15 for me. 14 for me. 21 for Burbage. I can add four to mine, but I don't think it would make a difference. <laughs> That's good. And a curry ten. All right. Um, so you're going, you know, with horses and, and equipment uh, kind of clanking here and there. Uh, a lot more clanking seems to be coming from Clem than everyone else. And a couple times, something kind of falls out of one of your bags, Clem. Uh, and you have to kind of stop and, and rustle around on the ground and pick it up. Um, are you using the lantern that you had been using before? Um, 
We need some sort of light for some people. Yeah. Uh, I could also literally like pick up a rock and do light light on it too if we need it. Well, yeah, because the lantern just helps us see invisible creatures, but I don't know if we're too worried about invisible creatures. Um, I so Burbage has blind sense. He got that from at four at level fourteen. So as long as Burbage is able to hear, oh, okay. he is aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creature within ten feet of him. Oh wow! So yeah, there's that. Yeah, so if somebody just wants to cast light on something, then I think that could be yeah, I can do that. good or have like the little dancing light. I don't know if everybody has that one. I don't have the dancing light, but I have the yeah. So Hakari, you kind of um, pick up a pick up a stone and light it. Um, and it's it's small machine. enough that you can kind of cover it a little bit, but mm-hmm. light the path of you know in front of you. So if you yeah. want to be up in front mm-hmm. with probably Clem and Stormbringer, and then Clem and Stormbringer, uh, either one of you give me with advantage, or both of you roll survival as you're trekking through the mountains. Uh, somebody has guidance. Nice. Um, my survival is a one. Okay, I can do it then. You have guidance. Should I do it with advantage and you can just support me? Yeah, that works for me. Wow. That's a nat 20, a total of 27 with the guidance. Very nice. So, yeah, Clem, there's a few times where you're like, well, no, the path is is this way. But uh, Stormringer's like, yeah, but when I was young, I found that there was a way around this bend and you don't have to go through kind of the the thick jagged rocks and this might cut down on some time and so what you're saying is i'm being a really helpful guide that they've hired <laughs> totally need yeah we didn't exactly pay you well so we're getting our money's worth <laughs> <laughs> yeah with a with a that's so good so you're able to take paths that you're pretty sure giants either can't follow you or would have no clue that this was even a path. Uh, and yet, it's sturdy enough for the horses and uh, and mountain splitters just kind of walking behind uh, up on in the rear. So how do you uh, pass? You got about six hours of travel, probably, to, to the Goliath village of Gunagaim. Can I make... Is it worthwhile to make a perception check to see if I notice anything bad out of the ordinary whatever yeah let me, yeah let me know what you're doing during this time yeah i just want to um look around just keep an eye out continually for any kind of dangers or okay. anything cool that i could collect along the way or you know yeah. any other fun uh creature friends that i have that roam these mountains gotcha 19 19 um it's do you have dark vision yes I do. Good. Okay. Um, good. So, uh, oddly enough, uh, as Hakari passes with her with her light spell, uh, you notice because you're a little bit further back something kind of glinting on the side of the road in what looks to be kind of a, a large dead bush. This is a couple hours into the trek. Does it seem dangerous from where I could see? Like it might be like a creature or something waiting to ambush? Or you don't think so? Yeah, it, it looks like more just something shiny. Okay, I'm going to go up to it then. So you kind of push the bush aside and it's it's a bit prickly, but you really kind of get in there and you you find it looks like a shield 
is just wedged kind of underneath one of the roots of this thing almost. Can I do like an investigation check on it to see if it looks like it's some kind of weird trap set or if it just landed there? Or... Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Also, as we're trotting along, I feel like Charity's going to go, we, the, the guy just left the path. <laughs> I just saw something shiny. It's fine. <laughs> Clem would also know about the axe that Burbage and Takari found in the bush after we fell down the mountain. This, I mean, so I don't know if this would remind her of that. Possibly. Just saying. Yeah. There was an axe? I forgot already. And then I was message cantripping Stormbringer, bush axe, bush axe, bush axe, bush axe. <laughs> With no context or explanation. <laughs> We're nothing if not communicative. So does this look similar to uh, that, or...? Uh, yeah, so you don't think it's a trap or anything. It just looks like something that's been here a very, very, very long time. Um, but it does remind you of Goliath Make a little bit. Okay. Am I, is it like, I can pick it up and everything, right? It, it's right. It's kind of wedged underneath, like, one of the roots is sort of growing around it. You need a strength check to free it. Yeah, I could do that. Could I use, like, a dagger to try and cut at the roots, too, and... Uh, you can. It'll take. It'll take a lot more time to do that. But. Oh, then I'll guess I'll just try a strength check. I'm so strong. That's a four. That's a four. A four does not quite cut it. You like, and it just isn't budging. Hey, uh, Stormbringer, I uh, I found something here that looks like it might be Goliath making. I kind of just I want to take it and look at it later. Could you help me pull it out and maybe I could. Just so I can look at it later. Yeah, of course I can help tiny person. I understand. It's really hard being small, I bet. I mean, I don't because I was never small, but... Sometimes. But also, don't forget you know my name. It's Clem. Hey, tiny Clem. I can help. That works for me. If you just could get the shield, that'd be, you know... Okay, sure. Um, do I need to make a strength check? Please. So until Clementine asked Stormbringer for help... Were we all just, did we all just stop walking and just watch her walk away from just, us? Yeah. And like, like <laughs> rummage in like a bush or, or roots or whatever. We're all just standing there. I feel like something I do regularly where I'm just like picking yeah. berries off, stuffing them in my pocket or like yeah. picking leaves. So. <laughs> so Charity was like, our guide is walking away again. <laughs> all right, let's stop and watch her root around in roots. Rummage in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm an alchemist. I need to have all these kinds of things to make my uh, my tinctures. I rolled an 18. Uh, Stormbringer, with an 18, uh, you're able to... to I mean, it, it actually takes a bit of force, but you're able to, after a few tugs, free this uh, thing. And it's, it's a really old wood shield with sort of metal trim uh, with what looks to be several different kinds of hides attached to it. Does it seem magic? You can give me an arcana check. Sure, those are definitely my specialty. <laughs> Twelve? Does not seem magical. No. Here you go. Here's a shield. It's old. Thanks. I really... I just, I just want to look at it. You know, I like to... Sometimes you can find neat things when you just rummage through everything. <laughs> And I just 
stick it onto one of my packs on the back and just kind of add it to the stuff. Add it to the, the pile of stuff you've collected, yeah. So while Clem was doing that, Burbage would have messaged Cantrip Charity and said, um, <laughs> why the hell not? Message Cantrip Charity. <laughs> so... I wanted to pick your brain about the highly dangerous magical puzzle box that I've been carrying with me surreptitiously. One, Clem might be able to help us open that. She seems very interested in puzzles and devices and artificial things. What, what might we call her? Some kind of arti Artificial, artificializer. Right. <laughs> I like that. Clementine purse. Clementine purse. Artificializer. This can all go in the list of things that we can call Clem. Anyway, but also, pretty sure I found and stole this box from Dawn Protector's tent. Oh yes, definitely. Dawn Protector is one of the Goliaths that we're traveling with right over there. <laughs> so, do you think that we should maybe ask her about the process of Tirana and just kind of see if she says anything like, oh, Israq Devere sent you? Yes, I've been guarding that book and it's in a puzzle box in my tent. And then we could say, oh, well, luckily for all of us, we actually have it with us. And since Israq Devere sent us to find it, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? So we could do that while we travel, or we could do it when we get back to the Goliath village. Thoughts? Okay. First, the phrase, pick your brain, is very ominous when you are speaking directly <laughs> into my head. Oh, plus talking about it at the same time as I'm talking about Ezra Devere. Yikes. Second, I think it would be worth having a bit more of a conversation with Clementine. I have interest in the fact that she appears to be a highly trained mage hanging out on her own in the mountains. That feels weird. So maybe just a little bit of a conversation before we show her that, but I agree she has great capabilities there. Third, um... I spend about 70% of the time not sure if you're being an idiot or you're convinced I'm an idiot. <laughs> Fourth, um, yeah, no, that's definitely Dawn Protector. Same one. Am aware. Uh, I think that overall, if we get a good feeling about Clem, which so far nothing has been bad there, but just, you know, worth checking in, making sure that, you know, blood pacts, revenge quests, nothing of that sort is what drove her to the mountains. Um, <laughs> then maybe we, yeah, do take that tack of talking about uh, our general goal vis-a-vis -vis, uh, forbidden knowledge that will prevent gods breaking into the world, that sort of thing, before we mention the, I don't know, it's breaking and entering at a minimum. How valuable is the box and does this qualify as like grand larceny or anything? <laughs> that wasn't really my branch of criminality. So, um, but yeah, I think maybe we see if she's willing to say anything about it before being like, oh, hey, conveniently saved you a trip. 
we stole this. Finger guns, not actual guns, unless you get violent. <laughs> sure, sure, all right. Well, since apparently one of us is an idiot, which one of us should maybe approach Don Protector about this? Do you want to do like rock, paper, scissors, or...? I... Charity is going to sort of stop and like let me ask Clem a couple of questions first, and then we can roll a die for it. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, you've still got those dice that, uh, that what's-her-name gave you? What's your girlfriend's name? Most of them. Aideen. Aideen. Wait, most of them? What? Oh, you did... Something happened. Fucking dragons. Uh, Pelototh powdered one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was like, wait, I... I Pelototh decided to take my visual aid to a metaphor in a much more literal direction where I'm like, oh, those were a gift. <laughs> right, I remember that now. Burbage was never that. Yeah, wow, Pelototh took something valuable from both of us, didn't he? Well, I gave it back to him. Anyway, never mind. All right, talk to Clem. I'll just keep traveling here along with these huge people. That's it. <laughs> well, at least... That wasn't the random party line this time. <laughs> and remember, it's on the back into his head. And remember, it's on the agenda for the next family meeting as to whether we actually have to start the message cantrips with the words message cantrip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it, Charity. There are more pressing things, don't you think? Like, uh, a god trying to break into the world. Hello? Have you forgotten that Behelet wants to use... You, you're, really, you're, really, you're really deciding that 70%, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right, cool, 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 cool. Hey, Kari, what are you doing? Let's have fun. Will you carry me? Sure. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. woo. Okay, but maybe less wing. Oh, wait. We're, yeah. we're supposed to be stealthy. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. I feel like as charity, like, sort of, you know, pulls his horse up so that it's more level with Clem's. He is just going to say under his breath, remarkably, that was one of the more productive conversations I've had with him. <laughs> He's like, so Clem, I have a question for you. Yeah? You seem to be a very practiced and well-trained mage. Yeah, it's good of you to notice. Well, yes, I mean, first compliments. You basically brained a rock in one shot. Uh, yeah, that was, I've never done that before. That was crazy. <laughs> I was just wondering, where did you receive your training? Because I can't imagine it was sort of points around here. This feels more, I don't know, uh, plant magic-y rocks, things like that, as opposed to viscera. I mean... This could be a little bit of information trade. If you want something from me, I could get something from you. This really is just your angle, isn't it? Sure, yeah, sure. What the hell? Hey, man, it's an economy. Everything you gotta, you gotta pay for everything with something, right? So we're going with self-disclosure trades. Don't blame me for the nightmares. <laughs> I just know that I know that y'all are looking for something that you haven't told me, and I'm just really wanted to know what it is that you're looking for. But uh, I could tell you. I, uh, trained, I trained with a guy that, uh, uh, did a lot of, uh, tinkering 
you could say, worked with a lot of different machinations and things like that, and he, uh, I don't know that much, like, I'm not a wizard, you know, I don't have, like, all those kinds of, you know, all that kind of information, I'm not, I don't have some weird, like, dark pact with a god, you know, I would never do that. (laughs) 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 And uh yeah, I just I just learned a couple things here and there from uh from this guy I worked with and then uh it just there's really nothing fancy to it. Interesting. So was he the source of the 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 doll that you showed me before, the sort of little automaton? Well I made that. I learned a lot of stuff from him and I'm trying to actually make the automatons work. I haven't I haven't quite gotten to that part yet. I can make them, and they look cool, but I'm still kind of figuring out the whole, like, working aspect of them, you know? That part's a little bit harder. A lot of the magic I know is, like, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I know a lot about alchemy, so I can do a lot of cool things with fire and acid and and all that kind of stuff, but I still am kind of trying to figure out the whole, like, make a thing move and live that wasn't before. I'm not quite, you know... It's it takes time. There is a little bit of a jump from fire to acid to artificial life. Yeah, that makes sense. It's closer than you think. It's weird. As Charity, in his mind, just realizes that she has never that Clem has never seen him cast animate objects. It's like, yeah, <laughs> closer than you might think. Um, and Clem, that was something that first drew you to that to that person was was they had this kind of theory of bringing life to objects was ultimately a necromantic pursuit that a lot of people were trying to like heal objects or you know like try to oh i'm gonna put good stuff into it and and this person was like no no it's the darkness of the world that can reanimate dead bodies that's the kind of magic you need but i don't really have access to like necromantic type things do i or you don't and and actually that was kind of what sort of split you two is he just kept getting darker and darker with his pursuits um he would sleep in piles of bones. He would, he would just, it's just sort of his whole thing, uh, and and that's yeah, kind of what what ultimately made you go. I wonder if there are other things in this world for me. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from this guy, but he was uh, uh, he was a bit death obsessed, let's say, and I'm a bit more life obsessed, and so I was interested in that and. I, uh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked about this in a really long, nobody's really asked me a question in decades, so I, I haven't really talked about this in a while. Is there anything else you want to know? Or? Well, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting to me because none of my magic is really precisely taught. It's just sort of a thing I know, so it's, it's interesting to me to have this idea of someone training you in magic I mean, I guess I had my father, but yeah, yeah, anyway, um, no, it's also interesting, in our travels, we've come across some things that discuss these kinds of possibilities, and I thought that they were, they were interesting, so it was just seeing someone else who 
with that little automaton was particularly fascinating to me. Um, you like to lend books and read them, right? I do. It's true. Books are great. I mean, especially when you're by yourself. Constantly books are your only friends, along with, you know, like the leaves and the trees and the bears and stuff. Yeah. Um, Charity's going to sort of, like, turn in his saddle and, like, rummage in his saddlebag and uh, pull out the the possibilities of artifice. Um, and be like, I found this book and you could look it over and see what you think. I've been making some additional notes in it. It's by a figure who we keep coming across. Ekris Wren? C. Ekris Wren. Is that uh, the... That is the person who you were. <laughs> Thank you. With. I was like, the last name is the same, but sorry, I, it's it's covered. The I couldn't remember if Andy had included the C at the start of the name. Yes, because yeah. it's covered by the magnifying glass on the handout. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have I that? Have I seen this book before? Then I'm assuming, or uh, yes, yeah. He sort of forced you to read it a few times, um, and in fact, if you wanted to, you could add your own notes to it. Um, that might actually help charity. That's that's been kind of, and I think I'd said this a while ago, but that's been sort of charity's default downtime activity has been like looking at these magic formulae and frankly knowing what he knows through the things of like animate objects of he knows how to breathe artificial life into something. It just doesn't last very long. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've been sort of like doing lots of arcane formulae and combining that. Where'd you where'd you get this book? Uh, you know, we end up with a lot of places that sell books or people with collections of books who keep ending up dead. Not on us. Not because of us. Not not on us. Um, you sound like you really need to defend yourself there. Are we, uh, it's, it's fine. Continue. I've killed a lot of people in the last few months. A lot of people. Um... I don't think this was from one of the people that I... And does Charity remember off the top of his head where this was? Because, like, we got this one... We got this one... This was, like, the second book we'd gotten from C-Red. Yeah. Right. The first one was uh, the uh, Doom Lily one. At the at the Farnival. Yeah. And then this one was given to you by... Um, by... Uh, Okay, so this was the more recent one, and he had, and that was where we had discussed. Pelototh had told us that that stronghold had been Sea Wrens, and that's why there were so many automata. Yeah, and so yeah, so I would probably like this was just given to me by someone related to the question that you had actually, and uh, there were lots of lots and lots of automata. Charity, like goes into like flashbacks of the puppets. <laughs> they were kind of horrifying. There were also zombies. Yeah, that that all tracks. So uh so this is this is the guy I was I was talking about. This this is the guy that I trained with. This is who I learned everything from. So someone who also knew him described him to me as an utterly brilliant asshole. Does that track as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. The picture is forming. He's real smart, but he... Oh, he's a, he's a lot. He's still alive? Oh, yeah. He's not gonna die. <laughs> Dying's not really on the table for him, if you if you catch my drift, so it's, uh, he's... <laughs> yeah, no, he's alive. You don't, you don't think he's making all these automata and all these different zombies and things, and he's not, like, trying to make it so that he doesn't die? Like, he's not... 
you don't got to worry about him. I think we have radically different implications of when uh, I need to worry about someone. Uh, immortals described as assholes generally clocks as a thing that I worry about. But anywho, um, yeah, thank you. You can look that over and any notes that you can provide. Hey, you want in... me to add some stuff? I definitely could. I mean, I was there for years. I learned most stuff from him and I, we disagree, like I said, on, on a lot of stuff. Cause, uh, cause yeah, he's, he's real into death. Not really my whole thing, but so yeah, any notes that you can provide with your perspective would be appreciated. I mean, page six is literally just repeating the word bone pile again and again and again and again and again for like yeah. three paragraphs. That's, <laughs> what, that's where he slept. So he like, that was what he was really into, you know, it was just, he was all about bone piles for a while and thought if he slept there, then maybe he'd be able to absorb some weird skeletal energy that would help with his necromancy. It was, it didn't actually work because of course it didn't because that's crazy, but you know. Huh. Well, yeah, by all means, uh, add any notes that you have. I'd be interested in, you know, things that maybe focus on the life-giving aspects of making things alive, as opposed to... Chapter 7 was also quite disquieting. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so about your question, what we were doing out here, uh, you want the detail-heavy version or the detail-light version, keeping in mind that uh, gibbering madness may be a side effect of the detail-heavy version. I mean, I'm always down for details if you want to actually, uh, you know, spell them. Trying to do this in a, you know, short enough way that we don't spend the entire time until we arrive and or something horrific happens to us, uh, engage in this conversation and or and going long enough to let Burbage get bored and go talk to Dawn Protector without me. Okay, okay, we're good for a few minutes. We're good for a it, few minutes. It doesn't seem like a good idea to let, the, let Burbage... Uh, talk to many people on his own he's a bit of a wild card he's charming in his own way yeah that's a word for it i mean he's he, he is a halfling so it, you know you can only go so far right we're just gonna put a pin in that to talk about later he's better than his brother anywho um <laughs> how much do you know about gods I mean, I know that they, uh, they're not for me. They kind of suck. They meddle in things. So imagine a really big scale of everything you're describing and a god trying to make it so you don't get the option of whether or not they're for you. Currently, there is a god engaged in trying to punch into this world and then possibly punch this world. We're not really sure about that. Suffice to say, probably nothing good going to happen from that. And, um... It shouldn't surprise you, considering a group of stone giants like kidnapped people in order to get my sister's attention and all of that, that we're a little mixed up in that. We're trying to prevent said punching into world slash destroying world uh, events, and we believe that there's some information here that could help us with that. That's why we came out here. Oh, are you looking for anything in particular? Or can I, can I help at all? I mean... Like I said, I don't really uh, have much care for gods, but punching the world seems kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a a tome, a very secret, hidden tome that we have reason to believe might be out here. And I want to do a quick insight check for just 
Sure. Clem has so far seen nothing but pretty straightforward, seems to like I, I you know, like I'm just saying like that's where charity is on all of this. The the insight check, I'm not sure if it's on Clem or on Charity on himself. It's that kind of gut check of does Charity think this is a really terrible idea to like name the book to Clem? Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and roll. See what happens. Give myself guidance. I saw that trying to be a fucking one and I wasn't yeah, having it. <laughs> yeah, 23. 23. All right. Uh, very good. With a yeah, with a 23, um you are you are apprehensive only because Israq Devere went to such extreme lengths to hide it away and then forget that he even knew what was in it. Um Clem seems like a great person uh, that you can trust. And, you, I mean, just even saying the words out loud gives you a bit of a pause. So so it's more on the all the things that I know Israq Devere did made me question whether it's a good idea to discuss this with anyone, but I think Clem would be perfectly trustworthy so far as people go. Indeed. Yep. Um, I, mean, like, I, I don't really want to name what we're looking for precisely a very powerful very wise very old mage with i believe the best interests of the world at heart went to great lengths to hide it and then cauterized the information from his own brain so gonna pass on that honestly every time i think about it i feel a cold hand of death reach out towards me i have so many questions about cauterizing in the brain on yourself but that's fair oh if we ever want to do another information swap i can just tell you stories about me watching this guy for five minutes and i will pay for at least six requests honestly i he was pre-packaged for you wow does this sound familiar at all to me andy like this guy or anything about Israq Devere? Yeah. Um, I mean, he hasn't said his name. I have not said Israq's name. Yeah, not so said the name. Yeah, how he described um, him and it, like just what I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he sounds like he has to be a friend of C. Ren's at some point. Like C. Ren made it his life's goal to seek out other people who are interested in this sort of thing, and then kind of bend their own research to his. Um, so it sounds like someone he he would have met. Um, but yeah, but there were a lot of those people, so you can't really pinpoint which one yeah that's fair i mean you said you're looking for a tome that's not really that's not really a goliath thing so much they're not quite into the big books but it could have been something that ended up in spoils or whatever i mean i haven't heard of it but uh uh i guess it can't hurt to look around some <laughs> Burbage has gotten bored and he is riding up next to Dawn Protector. Yeah. And he's going to say, So, Dawn Protector. As he does this in his head, he hears, Godspeed, little Burbage. Godspeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Burbage Camp, pleasure to meet you. Okay. How about these mountains? Yes. 
So, <clears throat> Dawn Protector, have you ah, read any good books lately? I'm not one for reading books, really. It's not my thing. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Right, yeah. Me too, usually. What, recently, oh, this is weird, though. My last real interaction with a book was when a friend of mine, who was going out of town, gave me a book of his to guard and protect because it was a very powerful book. Oh, okay. Has... So, Dawn Protector... guarded and protected any powerful books lately? Uh... I don't... No, not really. I would like to... <laughs> I would like to, given my my, I I'm I've spent so much time with Stormbringer. Yes, I know how to read Goliath. A Goliath, yeah, you do. I'm gonna do an insight check on that. Let's shit. do it. Yeah. Twenty-one. 20. All right, a twenty-one. Uh, you read from from Dawn Protector's sort of demeanor that she's confused and doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's that's the Goliath reading you get on this. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, and then Burbage is going to think to himself, like, all right, okay. Just remember the charity message to you. Godspeed, little Burbage. All right, I got this. Now, why would she be confused? Oh, probably because the book is inside the fucking chest that she's ever opened. All right, Burbage. Message counter Burbage. You got this, Burbage. Message counter back to Burbage. Thanks, buddy. I do got this. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> the levels of that are in You're gonna hear your voice. You're you're posting that to the party line. Uh, no. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. Okay. So, Dawn Protector. Yes, little Burbage. Have you done any good puzzles lately? Puzzles? No, not really. There was a puzzle we had a while ago when we were trying to fit uh, part of the, the stream of Gunagaim um, as like a hot spring. And we were trying to separate that off from the rest of the cold water flow. And so that was a bit of a puzzle that we solved. Ah, ha, ha, ha. That sounds fascinating. Gotta love... Little puzzles like that, you know? So interesting. I also have a puzzle box that uh, is given to the different chiefs um, when they become chief, and they're taught to open it. Ooh! That's that's a good puzzle, too. I, I think those are the only two puzzles, though, that I really have worked on. <laughs> yeah! Puzzles! Yeah, those are both such fascinating... <laughs> Stormbringer, does he laugh like that a lot? Um, that was kind of a new one. But he's a really happy okay. person. So maybe he's just coming up with new laughs. Does he know how unnerving that is? <laughs> I mean, it's out of happiness, Dawn Protector. I know you won't oh. understand that. But, <laughs> but he's happy. Okay. <laughs> so, so, 
very, oh, very interesting. So, so, oh, I'm so curious about Goliath culture and about Stormbringer's tribe. So you said that that you had a, a puzzle box that was that, it was part of the, you know, part of this part of the Goliath sort of thing, and it was given to you by 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 whom exactly? Oh, I I was given it by Stormbringer's mother. Ah. Um, as she was on her deathbed. Oh, yeah. And, and do you know who gave it to her? Uh, probably the chief before her. <laughs> All right. So, Dawn Protector. Yes. Do you know what's in the box? I do. I opened it. Um, It's odd. It's a puzzle that... When you solve it, you can't actually tell anyone about it. You can teach them how to solve it, but then they have to solve it on their own to know what's inside. That sounds like a metaphor, I think. Yeah, it's very weird. It's a very weird experience. I don't quite get it. What is it a metaphor for? I don't know, but I know things in my head that I can't actually even say out loud. Kind of like how Billy the Bull is in my head? Kind of. I was never able to get that to work, though. So that, I wonder if you could also do the puzzle box. I bet I could. I'm really good at puzzles. Do, do you know, do you have it? I don't. I forget. Does Stormbringer know that Burbage has it? She doesn't, right? Yeah, no, I, I told Stormbringer, I told you that, hey, just so you know, I stole the box. <laughs> okay, nice. I'm really good at puzzles. What if we had the puzzle box really close by? You could show me. I'm not good at puzzles, but that you could show <laughs> me how to do it. How amazing would that be if we did just happen to have it right here with us? <laughs> Treading along the road back with Clem, Church is going to go, oh, it's all gone to shit. <laughs> It's forbidden for anyone who is not um, a chief to know the knowledge inside. I, Even the elders who could teach the puzzle didn't know what was inside of it. I'm afraid that's forbidden unless you're the chief. Do you want to be the chief, little guy? <laughs> me, a chief? Are you kidding me? Me, a chief of a bunch of, you know, Goliaths. That would be, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Um, you know what? No, thank you. Who's the current chief? You're the chief, aren't you? Yes. All right. Good to know. Um, well, you know, when you were attacked by the giants, yes. Do you happen to remember? Well, I guess he wasn't there yet. This weird, obnoxious. Paladin guy wearing Gahonian clothing who I think he might have shown up right after you were taken. So this doesn't ring any bells for you, does it? That does not, no, sorry. Anyway, well, just so you know, when we got there to the camp, there was this suspicious, egotistical asshole who we were pretty sure uh -huh. was uh, snooping around... He showed up at this particular camp, 
looking for this particular tribe for a very particular reason, and we're pretty sure he was trying to get the chief's box. If it wasn't for us, and f distracting him, he might have gotten it. Oh, yeah. that's... He wasn't us. Really good. Yeah. So... Good job. I guess I would just like to take this opportunity to say... Okay. Everyone stop. Stop. This is a big moment. We're going to stop. And I'm just going to... All right. I'll stand up on my camel or horse or whatever. And I'll kind of yeah. pull... I'll kind of say... Uh, it is my honor, Chief Dawn Protector of the White Fang tribe yeah. to return to you your very dangerous, powerful magic puzzle box that we have been stewarding in our protection. Here it is! It's yours! Ha-ha! I pull it out. Oh, okay, thanks. And she'll take it. Put it under her arm and start to trot away. Hey, now you can show me how to do it, Don Protector. I'm sorry, what? Now you can show me how to do it. How to open it. Charity just slides off his horse. <laughs> Don't bring her... I, you know that there are certain traditions that only the chief can deal with. This is one of them. Okay, but maybe those things are all dumb. Mm, she's got a point. They're, they're, no, they're not dumb. They're all, that's what we have. We have traditions. Maybe those are the reason that your pet ran away before you could eat it, Dawn Protector. Did you ever think of that? And Stormbringer's oh. going to fight ahead. Yikes. Oh, no. Did you say that okay. to her, Dawn Protector? I don't remember. I don't think so. That sounds like a metaphor. Oh, God. Um, so, Dawn Protector, do you happen to know, even if you don't know whether you know it, maybe I can read on your face, in a glimmer of your eyes, okay. in the next moment, yeah. as I whisper this to you, so that nobody else okay. can hear it, perhaps part of the information that has been given over to you, secretly, yeah. as part of the traditions of your tribe. Uh-huh. Might involve the name. Okay. Israk Devere. Uh. Oh no no no! Yeah, the guy in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. He's weird. <laughs> He's really. Weird. You know. You know. It's just. Huh. It just struck me that you never did answer my question earlier about what was in the box. Did you? <laughs> yeah, he's part of it. That's weird. How did you know his name? You been in my box? Ah! Uh, <laughs> what? What? She'll kind of pick it up and look it over a little bit. Okay, looks alright. You really shouldn't try to get in if you don't know how. It's, it's really bad. Yeah, I bet it is. Uh, Dawn Protector. Yeah. At some point in the very near future, we, i.e. charity, probably, <laughs> is going to have to talk to you and carefully explain to you why we 
need the contents of that box because we were sent here by Israq Devere himself on a mission pertaining to stopping a god from punching through into this world. I don't understand most of what you said there. Um... Yeah, it's all right. Like I said, Charity will tell you about it later. I'm going to go ahead and just let this cut away to another scene now. Hikari, did you have someone you wanted to look in on or as you're traveling tonight? Sure. Okay, you've mentioned this. So if you wanted to, you may cast uh, that spell. What is, is it? Scrying. To be able to look in on any person or object that you know. Um, and or they'll get object? a... object? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. What level is it at? It's a fifth, or, yeah, fifth level. Okay. Would you like me to describe it? Uh, you don't have to. Yeah, okay. you take you take out um, your sort of crystal ball and kind of wrap it in cloth. Can I cast it? Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna... Yeah, and wrap it in cloth on the horse uh, and sort of take about ten minutes and just kind of concentrate on this. Before... Um... What's your save, DC? Spell save, DC? Yeah. 16. Okay. Alright. Uh, and so you're going to look in on who? Or what? I want to see what Hamster Lad's doing. Hamster Lad, okay, right now? Yeah. Um, Alright, so... I'm a little worried. Your vision blurs for a second around you, and you even almost are able to shut off the cold for a second. As your kind of vision and mind is transported to Hamster Lad, who is, oddly enough, uh, putting on a robe. He looks like he just got done with a bath. Um, okay. And he's he's in a, a very fancy room. Uh, he's got an ink pen that he begins writing something uh, on, on a piece of paper on, on his desk. Uh, and then he folds that up a little bit uh, and stuffs it in an envelope and he goes ahead and seals it. Um, and then he begins to like sort of cut his toenails for the rest of the time. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to be done with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's what Hamster Lad has been doing. That's what, yeah, I moment. thought it was going to be something like really. No, you're good. You can send like... a message to him if you want. No, that's okay. But it's okay, you're I good. really. <laughs> but at this point, uh, he seems right. to be just hanging out after a bath in his chambers. Cool, 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 cool. Total good fifth level spell. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I thought there was like a plot point that was going to happen. Oh, no, I'm just not. <laughs> because you've been like, hey, you know, you can jump in on hamster Well, you lad, just like, said you time. wanted to do that. I'm like, all right, yeah. Okay. Depends on <laughs> what time of day you catch him. All right. Uh, uh, so, um, as any, any other business going on uh, before before you sort of come to the travel's end? Stormbringer's going to drop back and have a quick chat with Birdredge. Okay. Right next to him, be like, hey, you know how you ran away a while ago? And you went back to Diefield and you felt really guilty about... Um, I think you thought you killed Eldon Dale, but then maybe you didn't. We found out 
or something like that. I have trouble following these things. But you felt really guilty and you felt like everybody was mad at you in Diefield, except you didn't feel that way anymore because you'd forgotten about Eldondale and the Emerald Falls. But if you hadn't forgotten, you would have felt really guilty still. And then when you remembered things because of Hikari helping you get memories back, you felt bad still. Um, you remember those things that happened? Do you think maybe that it was like maybe actually it was it was the people in Diefield's fault for not accepting you as you were? And maybe maybe if if they had been willing to accept you and realize that you were a good person, they could have gotten to eat you instead of having you run away. <laughs> Burbage was following so much of that <laughs> until the eating part. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I do remember all of that. It was really, you know, it's really helpful that Hakari was able to help me kind of recover key aspects of my backstory and my personal history which are so kind of central and integral to who I am and my identity. Thanks, Akara, you rock. <laughs> I give you a thumbs, thumbs up, up for the podcast. There you go. Um, so you're asking me if there's a part of me who blames Diefield for not being more accepting of my vulnerable position instead of jumping to conclusions about the things I had done and the kind of person that I am. Is that right? Yeah, and maybe maybe it's their fault. Yeah, Stormbringer, you know, there is a part of me that for a long time resented my hometown and blamed them for the things that had happened to me. You know, Eldon wasn't the only asshole in that town. Diefield is a fairly conservative area, which I think comes along with being a very powerful city with a lot of secret generational magic. And, you know, they didn't really want things to change. They didn't really want to accept people who were markedly different from, from them. So, yeah, I have a lot of resentment around that sure do you think maybe they can change and be more accepting and grow or do you think they just never get to eat their pets right i'm just gonna keep moving past that whole eating pets part because i don't <laughs> really understand if you're trying your hand at metaphors good job thank you um you know, if you had asked me months ago if I thought people could change or that the people of Diefield could change, I would have said, fuck no. They're a bunch of privileged assholes. But, you know, you were there when I had the, the trial of Burbage Kemp in Diefield. And the fact is that those people expressed gratitude and openness to new evidence when it was presented to them and when that trial was over you know 
I was a hero. We were all heroes, and they appreciated us. And, you know, it did let me see a side of them that stemmed from their own vulnerability. They had just been scared people being attacked by fire giants and Efreeti, and, you know, it made me realize that, in a way, we're all sort of being attacked by one thing or another, whether inside or outside of us, and sometimes all it takes is for us to get a little bit of help, a little bit of support in standing up to what's coming at us. And that, you know, helps us connect with each other and be more open to each other. And I guess what I'm saying is, yes, people can change. I hope they can. I have. Charity has. You have. Bakari has. Clem has. Meepus has. Wait, I don't know if Meepus has. <laughs> you never wonder what happened to Meepus. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I think that people can change, and I think probably Stormbringer, that it might be worth maybe letting go of some of the resentment and anger and confusion that you've felt with regards to how your tribe responded to you at the time because they were probably operating from their own fears and their own vulnerabilities and uh this is the way life is and scared people don't get to eat their pets right scared people don't get to eat their pets. I think you've got it, Stormbringer. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Fairbitch. That was, that was helpful. Maybe I can... I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I'll ride back up to the head of the party. Alright. Hours pass in this fashion as you're traveling and talking in low voices and eventually day breaks as you crest uh one of the peaks looking into the the bowl of a cold mountain valley that's dotted with snow-capped rocks and, and pines in the middle of that you see what appears to be kind of a, a rather large lake and this lake on the on the verge of freezing uh releases vapor uh, almost like a dull fog just over the surface of it. And you approach um, Stormbringer and, and Dawn Protector and Clem lead down toward this area. And as you get toward the edge of the lake, the Goliaths get off the horses and plop down in the snow and stare out over the mist. And Dawn Protector kind of says, And now we wait... The forerunners will have seen our approach and will escort us in. And Clem, you also seem to know the routine here. Uh, you pull a blanket off of the horse and you kind of lean against a tree, light a cigar, and just puff it a few times. But the rest of you, looking around, you see no village at all. <laughs> Stormbringer Dawn Protector then leans into you, um and says, 
Stormbringer, it would be a personal favor to me if you'd accompany us under the cloud. And then Mountain Splitter kind of nods behind there vigorously at that. And then she says, but I I wouldn't expect a, a Toginth Maw. I said I'd see you home, and I'll see you home. But once you're in, you know, we're just gonna fucking move on. I have other things to deal with, and I mean, I don't know. Burbert said that sometimes scared people don't get to eat their pets, so maybe that's <laughs> why you all acted like that. And maybe that's why you're still gonna act like that, I guess, apparently. But... I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'll see you home. If you want to leave after that, of course. That's fine. Just get us in. I'm going to mess into Burbage's head. You you gave her back the box, didn't you? Yeah, I made a big show of it. Do you remember? <laughs> I, just, I just was kind of scared that us being caught with it be a bad idea. But hey, yeah, she said that Israq Devere's in the box, so pretty sure it has what we're looking for, and so we should try to convince her of the fact that we need that to save the world. I told her you talked to her. She's expecting you. Bye! (laughs) And at that, why don't we go ahead and take a break? (laughs) As Charity's kind of... I love it. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, Everyone, manage your fluids, your intake, your output, whatever you want to do. Totally good. Um, We'll be uh, come back in about 10 minutes or so, um, and we'll continue with this story. See you in a few minutes. BRB, everybody. Love you guys. This has been Goats and Dragons, presented by Helpful Goat Gaming. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, Check out our other podcast, Helpful Goat Presents, where we play shorter campaigns, one-shots, and have conversations about D&D and games in general. For more information about us, check out our website at helpfulgoat.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Helpful Goat, or chat with us and the rest of the Helpful Goat community on our Discord server using the link in this episode's description. For more of our shared gaming projects and live streams, check us out on Twitch, where we are Helpful Goat or on YouTube at Helpful Goat Gaming. If you want to support us, you can make a donation on our coffee page by following that link in the episode description, or you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podcast Addict. We are a growing community of friends who enjoy playing games, storytelling, and role-playing, and we would love for you to join us as we cultivate a positive and helpful online space together. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.